I got 99 problems, but the Super Bowl is not one. This is Schmitty with another episode of Talking Schmidt. Today on the podcast, Ron Whaley, super hyped to bring this one to you. And also in the news, what did you say, E40? Bang, bang, Niner guy. Bang, bang, Niner guy. Niner gang. Niners, Super Bowl bound. You already know. SFCA. That's right, kids. Niners, we're Super Bowl bound, baby. We're going to go check out uh, that, what is it, the Death Star Stadium over there by Baca's house. Yeah, let's go. SFCA, Niners, Niner gang. We're fired up here. I hope you enjoy Ron Whaley. Super stoked to finally hook up with Ron. We were going to do it in person, but there were storms and Highway 17, and you know all the excuses. Oh, yeah, and uh, watch this. This is Ron Whaley, and you're uh, watching? You're feeling. This is Ron Whaley, and you're tasting Talking Schmidt. Hey, 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 talking Schmidt. I'm already not watching. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Damn, this is like the coolest thing I'm ever gonna do. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was fun. What do you mean? Well, Christian Fletcher's younger brother. Fuck the Dodgers. Oh, big dogs in. What do you think, Dolan? John, Schmitty, talking Schmidt. Alpha macaroni. Most of these guys, their opinion don't matter. Talking Schmidt, right? It's skateboarding. I remember that. Talking Schmidt. What are Yuns doing? Holy shit. Skateboarding homies. No, Schmidt, you can't jump in. What is happening? <laughs> Wi-Fi check one, Wi-Fi check two. Mm. All right, guys. January, new year, new attitude, coming out swinging like a motherfucker. I was going to drive over to Santa Cruz today and do this in person, but you know all the excuses. But we got a special guest for you today. This is Ron Whaley, kids. The NorCal legend. Ron, how are you? Good to see your face. Great. Thanks for having me. Oh, got a martini. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for doing this. This will be fun. I think I've done like one pod before. Oh, really? It was just like a homie one. Yes. <laughs> I love go. that. That's my, I love that shit. Um, it, were you born in Salba land? Uh, I was born in West Covina, and then we moved to Orlando because my dad's from Florida. But uh, then when I was from five to seventh grade, was in Upland. So I went to Pioneer Junior High. That's in like the blind videos and stuff. And I know the Albas went there. Is that when you d- discovered skateboarding? So skateboarding was like so popular when I was a, well. Yeah, I started skating there just like rolling as a kid but it was like so popular in junior high that i kind of like rode bikes instead i was into like freestyle bikes and then when i moved to santa cruz nobody rode bikes and so i just fully traded my bike for a helmet so i could skate the park and stuff so what park actually to go back we were going to go visit upland again and we were going to go to the pipeline oh and so it was like this Second time I'd ever been there, I think. I got to go there a couple of times, too. I saw Salba there when I was a little kid. I was like, ah! <laughs> I went there. Uh, I think I went there with my mom, and we just, like, 
went to check it out and just Eddie Fiola was there on a bike. No way. All classic, like yellow leathers, like, (sighs) like a hero and doing like 12 foot airs in the combi bowl. And I was just like, what? I was like, is this guy doing this for us? Like, just because we happen to be walking by or just practicing. And it was so insane. Like, big fan of that guy. How, uh, what age were you when you moved to Santa Cruz? Uh, 12, 11 or 12, I think. Uh, okay. So you went to high school there? Yeah. Yeah. SoCal High, actually right by where the old NHS was. So when I got sponsored, I actually could go there at lunch and go get a package and came back and put in my locker and look super cool. Uh, is that the one that had like the little courtyard that people would skate? There was like a downhill curb, like into a little square area. And there was like a planter box with like a curb down, like maybe two stairs. Maybe Santa Cruz High. Yeah. That was like the quad and that's where we skated all the stuff. That, that, that oh. was it. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So this was different. This is SoCal High. Yeah. Yeah. And that's out like. By SoCal. On the, like, yeah. Closer to Capitola over there. Was the skate park still there when you, when you were there? No, I, you know, I drove by there just recently, uh, where Carpos is like that food place or whatever. And like, you could just see part of the bank sticking out of the dirt. No way. And I noticed that before, but they buried it before I moved to Santa Cruz. Oh, so it's buried. It's not jackhammered. Maybe both. Okay. I don't really know. I've heard stories of people trying to dig it up or maybe there's just part of it. Yeah. Roscop lived there for a while. Wow. Yeah, but I never got to skate there either. When I was when I was young, we drove by it and it was still skatable, but it was all fenced off. So like you had to know people to get in there or whatever. I didn't know Roscop. <laughs> no, not at all. So when you moved to Santa Cruz, like do you start meeting people that are skating? Like, do you get a little crew going? Yeah, well, I moved to Scotts Valley at first. So oh, okay. There was this kid, Mike O'Brien, and he was like, you know, I started watching videos and stuff, but he was like a, like just a classic, like already like a historian at like 12 years old. No so way. like schooled me on like everything and, you know, kind of taught me about like, all I cared about was like kickflips. And he was like, dude, try to teach me about bonuses and just everything. And he had, you know, like, man, he might've had like a, a Jimmy's beret, you know, to like the Vision Streetwear, like all of his clothes were like skater. I may or may not have had one of those Jimmy's berets too. <laughs> and later, like we didn't, I think we were only really friends in like junior high. Like we probably, I think we went to different high schools too, but and was already like, okay, like we'd hung out enough, but I learned. Oh, and his dad was pretty awesome about like, his dad took me, took us to, EMB took us to Benicia, took oh, us no to, way. was it Fishbanks, De Anza? Yeah. Like, so in some, like, again, he knew like all these spots, like we were going to go to like Montague or whatever it's called. There was like some yeah. like Grant Banks that Steve Caballero 360. Yeah. But it was done. Like I never got to skate that spot, but he took us like everywhere and it was, it was awesome. Oh, the one cab 360, that was a uh, Memorex. Uh, Memorex. Montague was <laughs> the one that like Corey O'Brien and them skated where we were like, parties and just curbs on top of like docks you know top of banks and then yeah. 
Memorex was the one that was like a pyramid. Yeah, th- and that was I think that was close to the Dell's Wall or whatever the wave. Mm-hmm. Did oh, you, okay. Did you skate yeah, that one? Yeah. Well, I had because because of Tim, I've skated that a ton. Like, yeah, I love that spot for sure. Wow. Um. Yeah, getting to those spots was always kind of like in like looking back, we're like, how did we find? fish banks or all these places like you know there i don't know it's just word of mouth i guess somebody told you a street and then you looked it up on a map maybe yeah and you wrote it yeah you had maps you had maps in your car and you wrote that stuff down it's funny because i was going to ask you one question on this interview was um did you not cold call me one time and get me on circuit wheels what the fuck is that no you didn't put me on circuit maybe puzzle on it Okay. I thought you, I thought you contacted me. I don't even know how to call it, but like I was helping Paul a lot. Like Paul was doing freedom and then Paul was doing circuit and, and, and then I was like with him all the time. So I would like be doing their website or like maybe helping shipping one day, you know, we'd be skating and then it was almost like a side little project, but I don't think I ever made a calls. I I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was like, cause I remember just being like, yeah, like sick. And did you get on? Yeah. Yeah. And who else was on that was circuit? Was that Duffy? So it was the Duffy and Danny way and maybe <laughs> King Gale. And yeah, it was a sick like, team. I remember yeah, that. I remember just being like, yeah, you guys, all right. <laughs> it's a good team. Thank you. Yeah, man. Did you skate Derby early? Like when you were a little kid? Yeah. I got my first hipper there for sure. Like trying to like the dumb little kid thing like not skating it like a snake but try and drop in and skate it like a half pipe mm. dropped in and fell straight to the other side I, I cut my teeth at derby yeah that place i've i've taken some too uh the story i always tell is uh when preston was living in san francisco he would be like we cannot go to santa cruz without going to derby like the minute we get into santa cruz we gotta go to derby and at least take one run every time like he never went to santa cruz once i don't think without going there it was pretty like awesome. kind of like a ritual so yeah it, watching the locals there is like next level too you're like this is kind of hard to skate and then you see these dudes just fucking murdering <laughs> like generally or generationally there'll be somebody who's just like gets so good at it mm. that dude heath rides for consolidated like right or, or casey health Helsef. Sorry. Yeah. I think the first time I skated it, it didn't have the sidewalk. I don't know if right. we were skating back then. Yeah, it, I did. It was so hard to even just go up the snake. <clears throat> I remember and just watching like the people, like you said, like the people who knew how to do it were amazing at it. That's what I, I don't think I met Israel there, but I think one of the first times I saw him was there and he's got to be one of the best people to skate that place. Really sick. Damn. Yeah, I was going to say you and Israel, did you guys meet pretty early? Yeah, I met him like I was probably, I think I was like 14 and he was like 11 or something oh. like I got a little note from Zorosh today and he said to ask you about this uh, video you made in Spanish class. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Because he knows my friend Seth Vesper that I went to high school with. He lives out there in uh, Zorosh's area uh-huh and there's that handrail um on the morrissey exit that it's like a pretty popular santa cruz handrail a lot of people like came out and did like tech tricks on it i think in like um 
some Lakai video for a while there. Eman kickflip back tailed it. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But so we filmed something there, and I remember cavemaning it in the video, even though we were speaking Spanish or whatever. And we had one of my friends dressed up as like a priest that kicked us out, and he was also speaking Spanish. The whole thing was a Spanish project, but we turned it into a skate video. And um, I want to say maybe I either cavemaned it or tried to like ollie rail slide the thing and just sacked, and that's in the video somewhere. <laughs> was it for school? I might have it somewhere. If I do, I'll try and like <laughs> flip it and send it to you. So like early on, you, you seem like you're a pretty uh, pro Halloween guy. Like, have you always kind of been into like getting the costumes and stuff? I think when I got, I mean, as a, as a little kid or whatever, just like anybody likes Halloween. Yeah. But I think as I got older, like maybe an even like, it was probably like my th around 30 when I started like, wanting to like you know not quite cosplay or anything although that seems cool to me but yeah making like decent costumes or since then i don't really do it very much but i have a few of them sitting around we have the bowie one the labyrinth one and then the um wes from road warrior was like my favorite one so i have all the stuff like the football pads and like oh. i just have to like have a mohawk at the time to do it but made a little like wrist um crossbow thing and have like the spike stuff and chaps damn lee sharon was wrong i think uh him and uh one other guy said your favorite was gonna be the bowie one. Oh yeah that one uh they're both i think the bowie one i just like i've used too many times ah uh, the rotor one I, that's sick you have to be in like a certain state to be able to like just chill in those tights. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause it, it's not only does he have the Bowie tights on, but they're like up to here. <laughs> oh, wow. And it's like a little like frilly like vest and like a, yeah, like a pirate shirt, but it's just like straight. Yeah. yeah. But uh, going back to the um, video you made for the Spanish thing, there's something to do with you in a wagon going up onto your teacher's lawn or something. And then possibly that wagon was like a graphic early in your, I mean, we're talking with Zeroche. who's like, he's a scientist when it comes to this stuff, huge historian. And he's, you know, if he's really good friends with Israel. So Israel like probably remembers it better than I do, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, but that was my parents station wagon and I'm, I have two older sisters and I got it. My parents brought it brand, brand new, whatever, in like 1982. And then, you know, drove it to forever, drove it across the country and for however many hundred thousand miles. And then my oldest sister got it. And then she got another car and my second oldest sister got it. And then I got it third. And by the time I got it, it was just like, it was loud. And it, it's the, um, got the wood panels on the side and kind of like jimmy z style yeah it's like the um in vacation oh yeah griswold they actually that's actually like underneath that is the wagon that we had but they just added like an extra set of headlights but it's the same like wood paneling like they basically like based it off of like that's how insane like that one was with the wood panels oh wow and then when they asked me what i wanted for my first board i was like can you make it like the side of the wagon like the wood panels 
and they did and they had to do it like since this is 1992 or 91 they had to um they like bought wood paneling they bought like the reflectors i know my name is somehow you know overlaid in artwork but it wasn't like computer generated they had was it a slick bottom or regular yeah it was like the first round of like sma slicks or for us that like shiny version damn that was 91 yeah 92 something like that yeah i think i turned pro in 92 damn okay and then i didn't know this until like a year ago but bob the who runs nhs like um said that he walked into the art department at that time and saw the wagon mock-up and he's like we're not doing that are we and they're like well yeah that's what that's what he wants and somehow they they did it rad a hard no on that graphic (laughs) that went under old bob i like it (laughs) maybe like nine years ago we did it there was another one that was like the tail of the wagon with like a license plate oh sick rad so what was your first sponsor uh aside from skateworks which i see you have the sticker there yeah of course Strubings are my homies they kind of like were my other family ah i could go there and you know as i think i met jason when i was 15 and just like right after the earthquake would like start staying at their house on the weekends and stuff and hanging out with jason like every day were they in boulder creek yeah yeah and so i think the first time i ever went and hung out with them i stayed at their house but it wasn't really their house because they were like renting some other house because their house had been lifted off the foundation Mm. when the loma prieta earthquake oh wow yep i was actually in skateworks when it happened and i was with jason and my mom was just coming to pick me up and all of a sudden uh the whole shop started shaking the boards fell off the wall and they fell like onto the glass case with like the wheels and the and we ran outside and the first thing i see is the shop is like right next to a big tree and it's like the trees like rubbing up against the building because the building's like moving and then i look out onto scotts valley drive which is like the main strip in scotts valley like a whatever four lane road and um telephone poles the the wire in between is going slack and taut because <sighs> There's a wave going down Scotts Valley Drive, a, a wave of waves of cement, and then it's making the telephone poles like move with it. That was I'll gnarly. Never I'll never forget. Yeah. Did it fuck with any of the ground out where you guys were? Because like in the city, it came loose, and I'm sure you saw the photos of like Julian and them. Like there was little curbs that became like kickers and stuff That's up right. here. I think so, but I didn't really. I don't know. Maybe I was like young enough at the time to where I wasn't. I don't remember like us getting any specific skate spots. The only thing I can think of skate wise is the story. There's a story, this homie Jeff Tick that was from Scotts Valley. There was a, we had a mini ramp out there or my friend Delson had a mini ramp that everybody would go skate, but he was notorious for like a front rock. He would just like stall a front rock, like really like front rock. Like, and it's just uh-huh. like, are you going to ever come in? You know, just like <laughs> out there. And so the, the rumor was that he, Jeff, tick was stalled in a front rock when the earthquake started <laughs> you had to jump off so 
Yeah, what's what do you think's worse, stalling a rock forever or the guy that goes da, 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 before he comes in? Oh, you know actually, I mean? like bangs it twice or whatever, like, or like five times. Some guys are just like, "Look at me, I'm doing a rock." <laughs> that probably that's probably equal. Yeah, equal. And I've both never done that. Just like not even like your just the flat one. You know, it's one that doesn't even rock at all. Oh yeah, just like right. Um, <laughs> Like, what do you think early on was the stoke, though, for you? Like, what was it about skateboarding at a young age that drew you in and was like, I mean, you've been doing it at least 40 years, probably. Like, yeah, the fire kind of early. Did, over, was it over some, 40? I guess over 40 now. Yeah. Well, yeah. first, like, that feeling of like rolling and freedom. I remember that from being like nine years old before I even like really got into tricks and stuff. Just remember. I don't know. It's kind of like riding a bike around the neighborhood too, just being like free from the house and everything and getting mm-hmm. away. And even like to this day, like if I go on a family vacation, there's like, well, see you guys today. I'm just going to go push down the street and get away from everybody. Like that's kind of something I always liked about it. I don't know if you know what Stater Brothers is like this grocery chain down south. And I was with my mom going to get food and I walk out and there's a dude. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody like, stand in the shopping cart and hold on to both sides and do like you know how you can you can hold yourself up and do tricks yeah. and hang out in the air and i walk out and this dude does a kickflip like that like holding on holding on to these things and it it must have been like i even like went back and thought about it i was like how did that guy i was like i wonder who he was because somebody doing a kickflip back then like i don't even I think the first one i can think of seeing was like whatever it's Rodney Mullen or something like that. But this was probably not that far after that. And I I remember just like thinking about it, like so much, like how, wait, you can like do an Ollie and you can hit the side. And he like, he basically did it and he was totally assisting himself. But maybe I would never have like seen one that looked like that if I hadn't seen him do it like that. Uh And then I was like, I don't know. It seems like kids learn it now quickly, but I remember putting a good like half a year of just torture into like learning how to do kickflips. And that first day where like, okay, I'm going to actually try a land on this and like taking one primo and just being like, (sighs) yeah. And like getting like hurt, you know, like shinners and stuff and then doing one. And then like after that, like, that's why I said my friend, Mike O'Brien was like, he was almost annoyed with me at how much I'd do kickflips because I was just like so obsessed with them. And he's like, I remember him saying, he's like, you're never going to go anywhere just doing kickflips. Mind blown. So how did the Sims thing come along? Was Sims at NHS at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, what it must be, it's like 1989 or 90. Remember, because Sims was always Vision. Mm-hmm. Well, somehow NHS bought Sims from Vision and just had it for a year I mean, like just a year or two. Okay, so my friend Greg Kizik that I used to skate with, he was a really good vert skater, and we'd all go skate that. Um, I think he'd take me to the San Jose Warehouse over there, that first one that Corey O'Brien. and Yeah. Kendall, it was like a club. It wasn't really like a skate park. Just the one that was vert and spine only. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. See like Ben Schroeder there and stuff. So my friend Greg, he could do – I think he could do McTwists. Like he was a vert skater. He was from San Diego and he moved to 
SoCal or somewhere Aptos or something like that. And we went to, went to my high school. And I think he like walked up to me. It's like, I, he goes, do you want to go skate sometime or whatever? I was like, sure. And then started skating. I was like, oh my God, this guy's like amazing at ramps, like super finesse. And then one day he was like, he got sponsored by Sims and he said, I think it was Keenan, Steve Keenan, who ran SMA, was doing Sims 2. And mm. he was, you know, I remember like Greg taking me to NHS and being like, hey, do you guys want like a sponsor me tape or something? And Keenan was like, no, I've seen you at Derby. I was like, okay. And I still like, well, here's my tape. <laughs> still bringing the tape in. <laughs> and that tape ended up being like, which was like, you know, half of it's filmed, it's by Israel and has like the time code in the bottom and stuff. And that's like a lot of the tricks that are in, it was like a Strange Notes VHS video. Like mm. the last one I did that was VHS. And like Gershon, me, like I think Jaya's in there and maybe Spencer or um, Edward. Uh, two, all kind of like were AMs at that time. And that's where that footage went to. Rad. Yeah, that was always kind of weird. It seemed like Sims was so known. I mean, my first snowboard was a Sims. So I I associated it with like Tom Sims, right? But then it's all of a sudden it's at NHS. Is is Tom Sims, is he a part of it? So Eric Nash was. Oh, my, really? One of my very first boards, I was always a big like Kevin Staub fan as a kid. Like, yeah. Just, you know, whatever is the whole like vibe. Yeah. Um, the cult. Yeah. Yeah. And the cult. Like, I love that. My sister was like, I think my sister had the poster. And like, my sister, my middle older sister is like four years older than me. And we grew up in Southern California. And she always like, like, she looked like Susie from the Banshees for oh. a few years and was just like way ahead. And like, she would, I would just like take her tapes or listen to her music. And like, so. So I got into the cult. So I was like, oh, this dude's into the cult. And like, I like this whole pirate vibe. But as far as I know, only Eric Nash came with Sims. Oh. I never met him. The team was like me, Andy Roy, Israel, Frank Harada somehow. So huh. I got over. Like, so when Frank Harada went from Powell to NHS, I don't know if there was anything in between. He was on Sims too. It's pretty weird. Was Andy, did Andy have a model on Sims? Yes, he was maybe, maybe only Andy and Frank actually had Sims pro models aside from Eric Nash. Okay. And then that, that came apart and not if it's sure, like not sure if it was like right at the exact time that basically Keenan and Birdo left NHS and went made consolidated. So mm. they took half of the SMA team with them. And so there was nobody on SMA left. There was no more Sims and everybody couldn't just go onto the Santa Cruz team. So some of us went to like Andy went to Santa Cruz, right? I believe. Um, or he went to consolidate, didn't he? Did he go with them then? Or he went later? I think he went later. Oh, yeah. Okay. But maybe Corey Chrysler and uh... also disclaimer, I might be totally wrong on every every word that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> I love it. 
we're gonna have a phone call from Bert from Bert. <laughs> like, what is he talking about? That was '96. <laughs> as long as Andy's not mad at me. Yeah, what was Andy like at a, as a young kid? Was he already like what yep. he is? It's always been exactly the same. Yeah, just a madman. My, my first hanging out with Andy Roy's story. We went to um, uh, those quartermaster cup things in Santa Barbara. Powell would have these awesome, awesome like idea. They would have it was like a battle between all the California shops from Northern California to Southern California. You had three people at each age division under under 10 or something or 10 and under whatever 11 to 13 14 to 15 and then older so it would be like ftc versus skateworks versus you know like maybe some of the more of the southern california ones were like spread around but there was like joey pulsifer's family shop uh sessions so everybody had like at that time like the older cats it would be like be salman edward on sessions you know and then FTC would be like Mike Carroll, like everybody. Yeah. Carl Chico. Did not want to like battle against. (laughs) And then Mike Santa Rosa won them all because he just was there and like. Really? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever shops and contests he was in, he was always like, did so good. Huh. Santa Rosa. He was on Think for a minute when I started doing stuff with them. Nice guy. Oh, but anyway, so we go to, we're going to go to that contest, right? And our team is, I think Andy Andy was in the older, you know, like whatever. Uh, I'm not sure if it was even 18 and up. It might have just been like 17, 18 or something like that. We had Andy Roy, Corey Chrysler, Justin, Jason Strubing, Israel, myself. And like, we we won it one year. but. Andy came, Andy was on Santa Cruz or Skateworks one year. So we all go down and we went to Isla Vista. Have you ever been to Isla Vista? Like party, party down is insane. And we're all in our teens. Yeah. So we decided to go check that out. And we go into some like gigantic frat party, just skaters walking into some, just walking into houses. Right. And just like some pumping baby pink lipstick and like blonde girls and then just like jocked out huge dudes or whatever. Yeah. Like the first walk into the party, the first thing anybody does is Andy Roy walks up into like the biggest dude in there. And it's like, I think your girlfriend's hot and like <laughs> immediately get like booted. And I, you know, like that was just how he would like introduced himself. Like, yeah, he's always been the same. Oh, <laughs> or, you know, I don't want to say that he's always been the same, but like, yeah, been pretty like intense to be around in in uh social situations let's just go ahead and say for sure i'm i'm proud of him right now he's doing good it seems like staying off uh drugs and and alcohol and trying to you know do some positive stuff down at the rehab centers with kids and stuff like seems like he's 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 doing better what do you think colin maybe a lot of people don't know about Corey chrysler as much did you have any stories with him because he was kind of a a legend he, that left us too soon but um like man i remember just the, i think his first consolidated part or something like there was a part he had that we watched a lot well it might have been the sma one in debunker with oh him that's and- what it was yeah debunker yeah. yeah that's a great part 
uh, dude was like, so he also went to SoCal High. He's oh. two, years, two years older than I was, I believe, or one year, a grade ahead. And so as soon as I like started going to high school and like knowing who the good skaters were or whatever, and just the best skaters in town, because there's also Jeremy Allen who rode for H Street. So oh. he our most like famous dude at that si time aside from like jaya who did and didn't always live in santa cruz but Corey was like he Corey also lived came from scotts valley too which is where i grew up a little on the woods oh wow and so to me he was always like the benchmark of like he was very on it as far as like gaps like we're definitely part of like the you know frankie hill younger generation that kind of saw what he could do and then with Corey, it was always like ollieing over like pallets on their sides or fire hydrants and or just distance like flat distance gaps and i, I always felt like he was like pushing that stuff so hard i remember just because we were just talking about andy and Corey, so whatever if you know andy like andy can look pretty like Loked out at times, and he'd just gotten out of, I think, prison, right? Okay. Ori too was also like massive and looked like super gangster. Like, yeah. In, in his like older years or whatever. And like, you know, by the time he was like 30 and up. So one time I'm working at NHS and I go out to get like a sandwich at the grocery store that's like right by NHS, Days Market. Uh -huh. And I'm like skating down the street, whatever. And I look up. And just like the two scariest looking dudes are sitting <laughs> out front, like no shirts on, just super huge and yoked out, like crazy, like prison tattoos and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Corey and Andy. Like, what's up, guys? And they're like, hey, like, they were so nice to me, like stoked to see me. And I was like, I'm so glad you guys are my friends. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Corey, especially because I, I knew Andy for so long that like I felt like I knew him. But Corey, I didn't know. So seeing him, like he, he always kind of like intimidated you just by appearance. I think like if you knew him and people who knew him from Santa Cruz, like he was, everybody kind of like looked to him. He was super funny. Always like, kind of like, he was very straight up, very real, like told you what he was thinking, but he was also very funny at the same time. And as a skater at that time, like probably when, he, when I was like 15 and he was 17 because we both lived in Scotts Valley and he found out I had a video camera. He hit me up and we started like filming a little bit of stuff together. And I found those tapes recently and I was like, man, I can't believe like I got to like hang out. You know, I learned like so much from him, wow. even just weird, like sometimes industry things or I don't know. A lot about like music and they always were like on the cutting edge of whatever was like i found out what was happening probably one of the first people i found out what was happening in the industry not from like a magazine like because he was kind of like dancing all over the place he rode for real for a little bit he rode for powell and world industries for a little bit and mm -hmm. kind of like pulled around they did their things <laughs> you know got into trouble too yeah for sure <laughs> was was that around the time that the cannery starts going yeah yeah so cannery being the ramps ramp section of nhs i remember because i 
I do remember writing for SMA and, you know, Corey and Nick, because they wrote for, they, they had moved over to Consolidated too. Mm. So I, that's why, I'm, that's why I know Andy wrote for Santa Cruz when we wrote for SMA. <laughs> oh yeah. Andy remember, was a local at the cannery. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember also he was like friends with Friel who like, so our main screen printer. Yeah. Worked at NHS forever legend. And um, me and Israel being at one side of the parking lot and then looking over and seeing like Andy and Friel on the other side of the parking lot as we're like waiting to get in to like skate the stuff, waiting for somebody to have a key or whatever. And then just like looking at us. And I remember like Israel, like talking to Israel, I was like, man, they do not like us. <laughs> and later we all made friends, but it was just early. Yeah. Look up, look down, look around. Magic mind has been found. My focus is incredible. But anyway, no more delay. This month's almost over, so I've, I won't have much more to say. Because I got a potion. It's a small drink. Magic mind. It'll help you think. Drink it once a day for five days, and you'll be out of that haze. That's what they say. Check it out. This is the promo. Watch magicmind.com forward slash Jan Schmidt with the code Schmidt20 only in January. Only in January. But that's going to give you 75% off when you buy three cases. Watch. This stuff seems to be helping people. I've heard ping pong games are even blowing up since drinking this stuff but anything you want to focus on a little extra hard i suggest you try the magic mind because these guys are legit i got my mind on the magic and the magic on the mind word is the 49ers have been drinking it and you know where they're going super bowl baby watch that's magicmind.com Jan Schmidt with the code Schmidt20. That's magicmind.com forward slash Jan Schmidt. Code Schmidt20. Doesn't automatically mean you'll be going to Super Bowl. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Was, was that a, it had to have been a big deal, right? Was that a pretty big shakeup when those dudes left for Consolidated? Yeah, yeah. Were they not allowed at the cannery and stuff like that? Absolutely not. You know, in probably like the mid nineties, I lived with Jason Strubing. Mm -hmm. yeah, it works, but I also lived with Moish and, oh. um, our friend Justin and he, I think he worked there too. And then, so I also rode for consolidated bearings. I remember at a time and just going to skate their vert ramp and not really like understanding <sighs> And I definitely knew to ask NHS if it was okay. Oh, okay. Consolidated bearings. Like I knew there was weird, you know, they didn't just take the team with them. They took team employees and I think they took like us, like a list of shops. You oh, know? And damn. We're, we're talking about things that you don't have as far as like, you know, it might be easy to find a list of shops now, but at yeah. in 1990 yeah. or whatever, 93, you know, was that probably like 92 or something to have like a list of like retailers that you could reach out to and try and like build your brand, you know, taking the stuff that they took from NHS and taking it over to consolidated. I could see why. 
I mean, Keenan and Birdo, they were like kind of important at Santa Cruz. Like they were, they were doing strange notes, right? Like I think Birdo was doing a lot of that. Keenan was shooting a lot of photos. Alan Peterson's like a big deal. I mean, if you've ever seen his backside Ollie at Marseille. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Alan was huge then. Alan was like, he was like third in every pro contest at that time. Like he was crushing. Did Jason go originally too, or was that later? No, I think they took Jason then too, which is like, yeah. And Corey? They basically took like the whole SM, you know, yeah, that's from Santa Cruz too. It was like huge. Yep. Wow. Yeah, because I remember, like you said, skating that ramp at uh, Consolidated. That was one of my favorite ones because I'm not like a huge vert skater, but that one was like maybe it had a half a vert, half a foot of vert or something. It was like a smaller vert ramp, so we could actually kind of do some stuff on it. But the sessions there were. I mean, Alan would blast into those pillows and the ceiling and backside alleys. Yeah, I've never seen anybody do it like that. Like just ride through the coping. Mm. You try so the first one because there was two, right? There yeah, was the, yeah. I think I was at the first one. Um, yeah, that's when I think of him doing those backside alleys where he would just bonk and like fly. Such a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he was one of my favorites. I remember first time we saw him in person was at Kennedy Warehouse. That one you talk about just the mini ramp next to the vert ramp. And he was over there and I saw him and I was like, oh my God, that's AP. And then he just put on a demo, like just such a good mini ramp skater. Like, you know, and, it'll, and he, the style he had was like, not like anyone else. It was his own. So it was really, it was impressionable to see him in person for sure and the thing i wanted to say too about andy roy is do you remember this because this sticks out for some reason is he would always do 50 50s and try to make his trucks not on like he would intentionally fuck his trucks up on 50 50s try and put them on the deck or like or or like make them like not like he would be like like it just it would look like he was gonna eat shit he was like trying to do it wrong Because I just remember that for some reason. What this guy doing? <laughs> it's like true punk rock style, like on a skateboard, right? Yeah. And then Todd Prince and the San Jose guys. Like that was a huge growing up experience for me in skateboarding. Like going and seeing Corey O'Brien and Prasenko and all those dudes skate the vert. And then when when it moved to that area where they had the street course, that was the first time we saw Cardiel. He's trying to do backflips off the little loading dock thing. We're like, who the hell is this guy? But oh, like, Lord. there was so many good skaters that would come through there. And that opened up access to kind of meeting some of the friendlier guys and stuff. And I had Phil with me. So I kind of had a little in with like, hey, I'm with Phil, you know? That's where I first remember seeing him in like some like weird, like floral board shorts. And I was like, okay, like, <laughs> With long skater, hair, I doesn't dress like a skater. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Like, yeah, um, he um, went from like total Hesher to like shaved head and like all like thinked out. It was like interesting. Yeah, like when I first saw him at the Kennedy Warehouse or whatever, I was like, "Oh, this dude's like probably a little older. Like used to skate, is kind of like checking it out, phasing out again." And it was like, <laughs> and then over the next few years, it was like, "Dude." like um those northampton contests with where everybody where tom penny was discovered right mm-hmm. at one of those 
Phil, back when everybody had like a standard eight foot long, four foot wide pyramid, right? Every, every, every park had a pyramid exactly like that. Yeah. He nollied it and switch ollied it. And it was the first time I'd seen anybody do anything like that. Wow. Like before any, you know, before like all those people that were there, even like Tom Panning and Costin, like just a straight switch ollie over a pyramid and just uh-huh. being like, Ooh, that looks like scary. He was so good. It was crazy. And it just didn't look like it was hard for him. Everything he did. I remember he would drop in on the vert ramp and just do a feeble fakie across the entire vert ramp first wall. And I'm just like, what? You know, like it just seemed crazy. Like the stuff he would do just like, this is, I got this every time, like, you know, pleasure. So being in Santa Cruz and sma sims and everything eventually it just goes to santa cruz yeah so what there was but you turned pro for sma for sma yeah rad 90 yeah in 92 and then that was for like two years was that with julian no so julian i was never teammates with julian i don't think Mm. and he never went to consolidate it oh no, right. no, no. He, I think he went to um, he went Underworld to Re- Element right. or whatever. Oh, okay, okay. I think and Underworld Element and then Real and then. Funny, I know that video was 1982. Oh, right? that uh, first Element video, I think, or whatever, is right around that time. So that makes sense. Okay, so who was on the squad? Do you remember? So, Frank Rada came over oh. from Sims as well. Okay, Israel. Jason Adams. Oh yeah. And then um Tim from New Deal. Okay. And so I, think I had met Tim or seen him at the warehouse or something a little bit before. We kind of knew him. And then just as soon as we all got like put on and then Russ Pope was our, our team manager. Oh, okay. You know who my team manager for Sims was? Rob Roscoe. Really? My very first team manager was Rob Roscoe. And my very first tour in 1990, we went to the Midwest and we went to Michigan and Ohio. Where he grew up. Indiana. Yeah. So it was a Sims tour. It was the Flyers. But like everywhere we went, they like made their own Flyers. That was like Rob Roscoe and the Sims team. You know, like nobody came to see us really. (laughs) And Rob did not go there to skate. Yeah. But wow. he almost always ended up skating anyway. And I don't think like people, you know, he has like some contest footage out there or like stuff, skating vert ramps and stuff like, or sequences. Mm-hmm. But to see that dude in real life was also like, I was like, wow. Like, you know, there's one thing seeing pros on videotape and wanting to be like, do the best tricks in the world like they're doing or seeing somebody like Roscop or Kendall in real life and being like, oh, that's how you do a Smith grind. You go from, like you said, Phil, from one end of the ramp all the way to the other. Yeah. So Tim comes in and then you guys kind of bond a lot. Yeah. I mean, Tim I mean that dude, you. that dude never stopped skating. He, he skated so like all day, every day. And like last first one skating last one skating, like one of the, like an Ishad Ware type guy. There were so many days when after after like the third day of me already me and or Israel just being like, yeah, I'm just like roasted or whatever, like try and we'll see, you know, like 
try and skate as much as Tim today. And then there would be one day where he'd be like, dudes, I just can't, like, I'm not skating today. Right. And we just knew it was a lie. It was the biggest joke to us <laughs> because it'd be like, we just finished breakfast and you're like already like soaked, like skating, whatever. And we're, the demo hasn't even started yet. And you're just like having a blast. And next thing you know, we're skating with them. And I think, well, okay, Israel's like that too already. Mm. I grew up with Israel and Israel will like skate all day long. And then so now we meet Tim and that's where we're hanging out with him. And I think between like skating with those two dudes so much, I probably owe them so much for just making me skate so much. Right. I'm trying to think of, uh, I think it was called going off. It's kind of, it feels, I always say this and maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like a precursor to city boys. Like it's the Santa Cruz version almost like it's oh, all yeah. filmed on super eight and Jaya has a lot of stuff in it. He's almost like a main guy that keeps weaving in and out of the video going around the town and all that stuff. Uh, sick boys. Well, Sick Boys was the San Francisco one, and then uh, Going Off was the one in Santa yeah, Cruz. Yeah. Yep. And and I just remember coming to Santa Cruz and seeing a lot of stuff, and people would be like, Jaya did this, Israel did this, Ron did this. Like, you guys were a three threesome of, like, and Israel – a lot like Israel, like he killed this. He, he did that. Look at this thing that he did. I remember like a lot of people would be from down there telling us these things. And so that's kind of when I got to know who Israel was, you know, he got on. So, so because like I said, he was like tiny and he would skate Derby and he grew up in downtown Santa Cruz. So he started skating derby at like a super young age. Ah. Learned all the etiquette and stuff. Like he said, like there was times like he basically would go to derby, watch people skate until he was allowed to, was, was which was when everybody left. And then he finally got a chance like as a little kid to like learn. And so, I don't know, like just, he was probably like the youngest person I knew to start skating at like such a young age. And then, like I said, I met him when he was 11 and he already sort of rode for Grind King. And he was also like the first person I knew that was like sort of sponsored by whatever Grind King was, was maybe it was Cockroach Wheels or something like that. But anyway, they came through, somebody went to Derby and they saw this kid and he's like, you're on Grind King now. And we were like, damn, like it's sponsored. So everybody like, he was a cool, cool 11 year old. Damn. Oh Yeah how early is this when you're starting to meet Tim? Like is, are you a part of seeing the BMC form and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Because, okay. So when Tim and Jason got on SMA, they were really like tight. Yeah. And even had like a, they had that wonder twins board. Like they both like shared one kind of almost too. Oh, I didn't, I don't remember that. <laughs> and so also with, and they were hanging with Jai Tanju. Right. And that's what uh, they yeah. Had like the beautiful man's club. You're a beautiful man. Right. I think Salman had something to do with that as well. Yeah. And I think Todd and JJ. Okay. I think. So I wouldn't be there for probably a lot of the night San Jose stuff, but like just knowing all those dudes and knowing Jason and going be over there, we'd probably go skating with them. And then we would miss like the bar scene, like probably go back to Santa Cruz before that. 
but so Tim and Israel, I mean, Tim and Jason were tight and they came over to like SMA as friends. And then Russ ended up leaving to do creature. Oh, and he right. took Jason Adams with him. Mm-hmm. And we, we meaning me, Tim and Israel didn't really like know that was going to happen. And so we're just kind of also felt like they ditched us a little bit and whatever. Yeah. That was like nothing like, I love Jason and Russ and we're all still good friends or whatever. Yeah. But like you didn't tell us you're going to go do creature or like invite us or anything like, you know, right. Breaking up you know. the crew. Yeah. And then, so from there on, I did like, I've been everywhere with Tim in Israel, like on trips and we like skated so much and like, just the like love that those dudes have for skateboarding. Like I said, you couldn't have, could never get the, either of them to stop. So we just had so much fun and it turned into like, you know, a weird, I don't want to say like competition, but it's like, I wouldn't go anywhere with those dudes and expect that I was like, like, I wouldn't like disrespect myself by sitting down. Like, I was like, nope, better get up there and like, oh, like it, a dumb, like, like almost like zombie competition. Like how long do you want to just keep skating this mini ramp? Yeah, they push you. So was Jaya part ever part of? He was on Sims, but not SMA. Or oh, Jaya was on Santa Cruz the entire time. So oh, okay. It was with him, he was like Santa Cruz Am to Pro all okay. the way to Adrenaline, I guess. Right. Yeah. When you were talking about the slick bottoms, I mean, I don't know how much time you're spending like at NHS in that era, but like. I think at some point you're kind of in there more often because you live down there and you can hang out in the warehouse or whatever. And uh, I'm I'm wondering like about, because I think you were one of the guys that would mess around with skateboards a lot. Like I remember Nodis, he would do two cell blocks in the front and one in the back. And then people were changing bolts and, and using rip grip in certain ways. Like, do you remember kind of that era, like playing around with your board and trying to see if there was some little gimmick that would work for Alling or anything? You know, I guess as soon as I was amateur for NHS, as Sims or anything, they introduced me to Tim Pumarda. And Tim was like, you know, like they're very good about immediately reaching to the youngest people and being like, you're our R&D people. What shapes would you like to see? So we immediately got to make like weird shapes or they would give us like, as, as soon as you brought up Everslick, the first thing I thought of and Jaya was, well, his one with, with the girl with the, with the sticker that peeled off the top. It's all time. That's the one I always think of. But the second thing I thought about was like, oh yeah, that's when we were testing all the different new Everslicks. So there mm. was there was the racing ones, and all they had was like a screen print of like a number, yeah, like a car, like racing. Mm. Those ones were the fastest ones, like whatever it was, and that was kind of like I don't know because it did well at, at NHS and Everslick was like such a popular thing for a second, like, and the way Tim is and our R and D department is, they just really like owned the shit out of it and like took it like to make it better and better until everybody was just like we don't care about ever anymore like <laughs> whatever like the industry yeah. was, you know ever goes through phases but so jaya was definitely on that list of like people that would r d stuff a lot of the, the like og shape 
even for like I want to say Alan Peterson and Giant Jaya's Shape, some of the original ones were from Aaron Lucier, who was mm. amateur and for Santa Cruz and lived in Santa Cruz at the time. Yeah. And like you said, because I lived in Santa Cruz throughout my entire like pro career, I could just I got so many benefits from just all I gotta do is I just go by I'm like Yeah. I'm coming through a couple times a week, go to the art department. It's like, oh, what's that graphic? Can I have that one? Or like there's a series of five ones and it's like, well, let me give it the one that I think is sick. Yeah. And then at the same time, like Tim would give us stuff that had like, you know, it'd be a weird deck construction or it'd be some ever slick thing. I wrote one time he gave me this board that looked like clear honeycombs. Like it was some sort of like resin futuristic thing. I put it together and just smashed it into pieces like immediately uh, all like work to try and make those like new wood boards. Remember we tried to make plastic. Yeah. Like they flexed a little bit, but they really didn't break. That's different because there was the foam Kevlar too, right? The ones that were like only for vert. They were like weird, like hollow the, maybe. The foam tech ones like you, the yeah. slasher foam tech. So that was fiberglass around like a little foam insert. Yeah. So that was before my time. Fed used to ride those. Yeah. Those were sick. Uh, Zerosh and Israel both like have one now. Like, oh, both. really? <laughs> of course, Zerosh does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was really, yeah, it was really cool to see and be a part of and like immediately and be invited to make shapes. Right. And to test all that stuff and just whatever, like, don't destroy this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Head on over to your local shop and ask for Blood Wizard. If they're out, then you can tickety-tack on down to bloodwizard.com where you have all of your conjuring needs. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes with extra photos and videos. 
Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.